Welcome to AO On Air. This is a podcast from ActiveOps, allowing us to present you topics ranging from operations management, leadership, technology, and new innovations. Check out all our episodes on YouTube channel AOTV or with your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple or Spotify. Now let's begin. Hello, and thank you for joining. This is AO On Air. My name is Michael Cups, and I'm from ActiveOps. I'm really excited about our guest tonight. She's a, she's a customer of ours, and we're going down under again. We do this every now and then. About every month, we go to our Australian friends to learn from them. And El Bianca, Bianco, sorry, I already missed it up, but uh, <laughs> El is joining us from CoreLogic, and she is... Um, based in Adelaide, Australia, I believe. And Elle, it's great to see you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Michael. And it's great to be talking with you. Um, I've been with CoreLogic for 10 years and prior to that, always in telcos or banking and finance and always in service delivery or operations and really passionate about process and how to make things easier for everybody, staff, customers, customers. yeah. So the past 20 years, the, the change that, that's sort of been happening in our industry has really been immense and it's really exciting. Um, it's exciting to, to know what the possibilities are, that they're endless, and now what technology really presents us, such as automation and, and AI, which is, you know, not something that I thought of um, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm a complete convert to the cause of Lean Sigma and, and eliminating waste and process improvement. And this year, I've just formalised my green belt in Lean Six Sigma. Congratulations. Um, I'm, thank you. I'm absolutely fascinated how tweaks in processes can make a big difference. And um, I think it's applicable in, in really all parts of, of our lives. lives. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure my family love it as much as I do. Um, when, when I say, don't stack the dishes, like, let's clean the dishes this way. Um, Excellent. Yeah. And you have sorry. a big deployment today with your team, right? You have a big... Yeah, this week we've, we've had a big deployment um, with our CRM tool. So this is across um, all our all our CRM teams, all our customer relationship teams yeah. in um, Australia and New Zealand with the introduction of Salesforce. Yeah, Excellent. it's been and, big. And, and, that's, and that's, you probably applied Lean Six Sigma policies to getting that live too, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how we communicated the change. It's, it's yeah, very different to how we've done it in the past. Well, excellent, yeah. excellent. Well, well, that's fantastic. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your team and your operations that uh, that you currently manage, and and just tell it just just so we can get to know you a little bit better, and and, and yep. you know, kind of what what the work is. Maybe you don't have to tell us specifically, but just kind of what it is is that the the team there does. Yeah. So we have um, about 150 people in Australia that do everything from researching commercial property data to supporting real estate agents, banking and finance clients with valuations and property data. Um, We've got about 100 people supporting us through an offshore provider in Manila called TELUS International. Um, And they, we all use, we all use um, the same tools. So the difference really what we all do is what level of um, experience that we have. Um, so we're really providing support to all the industries that are using our platforms, that consume our platforms, primarily business to business. 
So there's a really small section that's business to consumer, but primarily our, our customers, uh, real estate agents, banking and finance clients, um, industry, uh, insurance, government, that's, that's who we're supporting. Yep. We're supporting them through requests um, for information or changes to accounts, um, anything that will help them help their customers. Yeah, so the back office functions of, of, of Absolutely, exactly. yeah. making, making yeah. sure that data is available. Yeah. And so uh, because it's an ActiveOps podcast, I have to ask you, what, what, is, the, yeah. uh, what is your experience with ActiveOps? Yeah, so ActiveOps, um, I've actually been using ActiveOps since 2009 when I was with a different firm and as a team leader. Um, I'd never used it before and I was mesmerised by the amount of um, information I could gather you know, every week but about my team. Um, it was very manual back then. We were using, they were using forms to complete um, their tasks. Um, when I moved to CoreLogic, we didn't have any any tool um, to do that. We were really just managing queues, like not individually, but like, hey, how, how's that work going in that queue? Yeah. Um, so the decision was made in 2015 to um, explore active ops as a, as a tool um, because a group of us had come from the previous company had all used it and we we felt like this was something that was going to really help our teams and our business understand where we were because we were growing and we really didn't quite know how many people we needed yeah. like it was just such a fundamental we, we we didn't know if we had enough people we didn't know um how much time things were really taking. Um, so in 2015, we made the decision to um, use ActiveOps as a tool, which we rolled out in Australia, New Zealand, and um, in our team in Manila. So I was responsible for the implementation on the CoreLogic side um, for Australia, New Zealand, and Manila. Um, and yeah, I think when we introduced that, well, when, when you have the, the concept of knowing how much work you actually have, not just from a day, but your total um, work in progress, what's sitting in queues um, that sometimes don't get touched, um, it, it was, you know, revolutionary for us. And really understanding what tasks are your teams doing? Yeah. Like, and and do we really need to do that? Is that really a core task? Is that something that's going to make a difference to a customer? So when we started applying those concepts, it really did make a lot of people um, uncomfortable, but we were able to support the team through that because, you know, we were able to show that we were using the data that we were collecting to make really informed decisions and we were able to go um, when a new client would come on, we were able to say, we actually need four more people or three more people right. or two more people with the actual working out of here's the core tasks, here's the time, here's the predicted volume, this is what the standard productivity tool that we're able to get, this is how many we need. And the business was not able to, you know, was able to support us to say, okay, this is why we need this many people. Yeah, that's awesome. We weren't able to do that previously, and that, that was a real powerful message um, to our senior leaders to say, we know our business, and we're not just asking for more people. We're actually saying we need the people to support our business, that's right. um, yeah. which, which was, again, um, revolutionary for us. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And I'm going to get back to 
the active up stuff in just a moment. But, yeah. but before I do that, I, I read a case study that, that you were part yeah. of. You had some quotes in there. And the one that struck yeah. me the most was, um, and it, this was pre-pandemic, by the way, or, or yeah. maybe maybe I yeah. read it during the pandemic because we all had free time. But I, <laughs> but you, you, you made a statement in there that was really telling to me. It said that, you know, we have to be ready for challenges or you have, you have to be yeah. ready for uncertainty because – you you were faced with the fires in Australia before the pandemic, yeah. and then you had the pandemic. And yeah. it, it, I mean, can you just talk to us a little bit about preparing your team and your teams for handling yeah. just that uncertainty? That you know, that not not so much about the pandemic itself, but even the fires yeah. disrupted the way you you work. So, how, how do yeah. you get prepared for those? Well, fundamentally, or first and foremost, I think you know once you've made sure that your team members are, are physically okay, that they're not in, you know, that they're safe and sound. Um, tick, we've got that sorted. The next thing we move to, we say, okay, well, how do we make sure that we can still service our customers? Um, so having that flexibility of knowing we can move work and having having cross-trained people in our, you know, key locations means that we were able to, you know, we have been able to move work very quickly from offshore to onshore because Manila also have um, quite a few, you know, they have natural disasters. So we, we need to be able to make sure that we can have the flexibility of moving. If, if the Sydney office goes down, we can bring some work to Adelaide. If the Adelaide office goes down, we can say, hey, is Sydney or Manila able to help us? Yeah. Um, so having that having those plans and having that preparation is absolutely key. Um, and so for the fires in New South Wales, a lot of our staff members couldn't get to work because roads were closed. Well, they needed to quickly, they needed to be in um, emergency accommodation. So having that pressure taken away from them saying, don't you worry about work. We'll worry about work. You make sure you're safe. Yeah. And if it's, you know, in Australia, we, we've, we've had fires, we've had floods. Um, and so we've been able to use that model consistently. And I think when you tell your teams that it's okay, you stay safe, don't, don't worry about work. That's the last thing you should be worrying about. We've got people in the background worrying about that. Yeah. You make sure you're safe. And that, that gives that, you know, that buy-in when it's another area that they're, they're wanting to help because they got that support. Yeah. So it actually, you know, believe it or not, we actually had um, a pandemic plan huh. um, as part of our BCP, which we sort of would laugh at. Like, when is there ever going to be yeah. something that we all can't go to work? Um, but we did have a plan and we just needed to enhance it and invoke it um, yeah. for the pandemic, which which we were able to do. But that that planning was absolutely paramount to us. Yeah, that's that's amazing that you and it's and it's fantastic that you had that plan that, like you said, you needed to evoke it and, and maybe make some modifications yeah. because, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I'm certainly older than you and I haven't lived through one until then. So, uh, it, same. It, yeah, I I would laugh and almost, you know, like, do we really have to do a pandemic plan? But someone in in our organization had foresight or. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it could have been a customer requirement that we had something ticked, you know, in a BCP plan, but we definitely had one. And um, we able we were able to get it out and go, okay, this is what we need to do. Yeah. So so that's fascinating. And and so so we, 
you've managed through that, and you probably mm-hmm. managed through it better than some. Um, but now, now let's let's stay on the employees because you mentioned the employees yep. and the and the feeling yep. of making sure they feel secure. That focus yep. on yourself and and the work will happen. Um, so, yep. what about that employee experience? I mean, what what is it that uh, and and how is it going for you guys? I mean, how do you ensure mm-hmm. that employees with, with the great resignation and quiet quitting and all these buzzwords that are going on. I mean, how do you, how do you focus on that employee experience? Well, I think now that expectation of flexibility is just a given that, you know, that they, the five day work in an office model probably won't come back um, and making sure that we can we can support that. I think is is something that we're going to do go for, going forward. It's not even post pan. It's not even a pandemic reaction yeah. anymore. This is what people have asked. This is what people want and expect. So I think you know it's something that we've been able to to come up with a plan that looks like that can take us forward. Um, you know, ongoing. Yeah. I think we didn't really. We, we we did have um you know our other areas probably more in a technical um more of an individual contributor type role we saw more um resignations and you know obviously employment booms in those areas have meant that a lot of people have um left and some of them are coming back, which yeah. is it's nice to see. Um, but in our space, it was really about, hey, if you can give me the flexibility, I'm happy to keep working here. Because yeah. yeah. that, that's really important. I can, um, I can look after some family members. I can, I can spend more time with my family when I'm not commuting. So those things we've, they've said are really important for us. Yeah. Um, so I think for a, any company right now, it's to make sure that, hey, is this something that we can facilitate? Yeah. And nine times out of ten, we can. We've done it. We did it when we need. They, you know, they were able to do it when we asked them to. So I think that that goes both ways. Yeah. It, you know, we're never going to be a hundred percent remote, but we also won't be a hundred percent work in the office. Yeah. yeah so I think that's that flexibility is now a um, just a given as annual leave is. Yeah. Or sick leave is it's going it's going to be an absolute given. Yeah, yeah it's a benefit for employees. That's that's yeah. fantastic that you were able to accommodate yeah. it, and and, it, yeah. and it's interesting perspective. Um, so so let's take that. You start you you, you earlier you were mentioning about customer expectations. Yeah, and yeah. so it sounds like you were able to meet those customer expectations, even if people are working from home or working from the office yeah, or both or, or any combination yeah. thereof. And so, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about have have customer expectations changed since since the pandemic? Yeah, I think because we consistently provided, we we never stop, we never shut shop, not yep. even for an hour, um, you know, through the last, since two thousand and nineteen. So I think the expectation is that we will always be there for them. So you know, right now it's how do we do that, 
for customers. How do we give them what they want when they need it? And for some customers, it's not during normal business hours. It might be after hours, you know, especially those servicing customers in a mortgage industry, you know, they're, they're speaking to customers during the day. They don't want to be speaking to us. So how do we make sure our, our model is going forward? You can access our us or, you know, a, a digital version of us 24-7. Yep. But we'll be here if you need to talk to us in the in the times that we can, supporting normal business hours. So I, I suppose for us, it's customers say, you make sure what I need, I can do myself. It's easy for me to do myself and I don't need to speak to you. But if you do, we'll be here and we'll be able to service you to make sure you're delivering for your customer. So I think it is really about availability and uh, their flexibility. So are we working with them, not making it difficult for them to work with us? Well, that's fantastic. And I I bet your customers appreciate that, number one, availability, but two, just uh, that they they can trust. And that's probably a a huge competitive advantage for CoreLogic. So so now I I mentioned that we would maybe get back to ActiveOps. So you talked about availability just there with your customer expectations and your customer experience. And so what what role does ActiveOps play in that availability? Is it it a staffing, capacity management, planning, forecasting role? What's what's the key elements there? All of, yeah, I think it's really making sure that we have we've got that foresight into the planning. So understanding, do we have enough people to be able to service our customers? And from an active ops, you know, point of view, it's not just today and it's not just my team. It's holistically, do we have enough? Is every, you know, so we could be okay, but our, you know, our TELUS team might not be okay or vice versa. So it's that holistic view of everybody together saying, can we service all of our customers next week or tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? Yeah. yeah. And that that's the tool. That's really the power behind the tool is that, again, getting to that planning and that preparation. Are we prepared? Um, and yes, there's going to be bumps along the way. You know, there's sometimes there's an outage or sometimes there's, um, you know, other things that happen. But by and large, are we prepared for what's coming down our pipeline? And I think the last seven years we've said, yes, we are prepared. We don't, you know, yeah. our, our um, you know, from an operations point of view, very rarely do we need overtime to complete work because we've got enough people to do it during the day, yeah. you know, yeah. th- those first couple of weeks of, in the pandemic were probably the exception, but we were clearly able to articulate this is how many hours we need. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you're, yeah. because your checklist was first make sure everybody's safe. So you probably yeah. had to deal with that, but that's interesting. Yeah. So if you, if you were to think about the value of having that assurance and, and, and that plan, mm. Uh, is, yeah. is, is customer experience, uh, employee experience, where would you rank? I mean, what, what do you think are the be- best outcomes kind of business-wise, not necessarily? Yeah. yeah. I think there's two. I think really it gives, you know, from an employee experience point of view, it gives us, um, or gives us the management team, gives us the, the credibility that we're doing something with the data. Yep. So, you know, in our survey results, we'd often get feedback saying, you don't act on poor performers. You don't, we don't have enough people. You don't, you know, when when things go wrong, 
we need to know that you're hearing us. You know, and so when you're able to break that down to say, well, now we have a tool that tells us who in the team is acting, is doing them, you know, is doing the the work required to get this done. And if not, we're able to have those conversations with data. It's not anecdotal, it's with data. When new clients come on and, you you know, we, we were planning for, you know, a thousand widgets a day and it became 2,000. We, we, we saw it. We heard it. This is what we planned for. This is what we forecast for. That might have been wrong. We've been able to go back and say the, the forecasting was wrong, not the planning, but the forecasting. We need more people. Yep. Or, hey, we're looking at this work. Why are we doing this work? Where is this work being generated from? We're either able to go back to product to say the product is causing this work or to the team leader saying, why are your team focusing on this work? It's not servicing customers. Yeah. It's, you know, I've got a bit of a, a phrase I use. We're just busy being busy. Yeah. That's not busy delivering on customer. So it gives us the credibility for the team to know we're actually doing something with what's happening out there. Yeah. And that for the employee and for the, you know, it gives it gives that respect both ways. From a customer point of view, we know we know exactly how long did it take us to to service you. How 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 what's our rework like? You know, are we fixing mistakes, or are we you know taking too long in a, another piece of work? So from a customer point of view, that expectation of we're always you know we're we're there to help you and we've got enough people to do so has meant it's really a non-event for them, which is exactly the perfect measure we want. When a customer doesn't need to come to us to say, hey, what's happening in that queue? That's that's perfect. It's no noise. No noise is good no- is yeah. good news. <laughs> no news is good news, I should say. So yeah, I think from both, it gives us credibility with our people and credibility with our customers. That's, that's great, Elle. Thank you so much for that. So yeah. so my favorite question that I ask leaders like yeah. yourself, and you and you've done a yeah. great job of explaining how you guys have managed through some difficult times. Mm-hmm. But but if, if there was a somebody was hired as a new leader in, in your organization or anywhere else in their, yeah, in their acquaintance, yeah. what would your three tips be for leadership in operations? I, I would say, say. <laughs> yeah, I would say in, in not in any order, know your numbers. So know what should be. So if you when you know your numbers, you can spot anomaly a mile away. Know your people, you know, know them well enough to know when something's not right. And know your processes. So what are your team actually doing? When you know that and why they're doing it, I think that you'll be a very successful leader in in operations. That's great advice. That's great. That's fantastic advice. Anything else you want to share with with our audience here? It's it's some of your peers. It's people you may meet at conferences. Anything else? No, I, I think don't be scared. I think you know when you when when I think when you look at, I often say um, your AOM reports will tell you are telling you a story. Don't be scared of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think it is you know that's exactly there's your proof and that you don't you don't need a you don't need an MBA to to see the report and to look because it's telling you exactly what is happening out there. So, yeah, dive in. 
dive in and, and trust the data, like you yeah. said. Yeah, trust that. absolutely trust the data. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah. nice to meet you, Al. Thank you so much. Thank if you. somebody wanted to pick up a conversation with you after watching this, yeah. Um, yeah. is there a best way to reach you? Is it is it LinkedIn? Is it something else? Yeah, or? I think LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm not. I don't really do the other socials, but yeah, LinkedIn is um is definitely the best way. Okay. Okay, and we'll put yep. your name on this uh, on the on Perfect. the YouTube side, and they'll, they'll, hopefully they'll meet you. But wonderful to meet you. Thank you for joining Thank us you. early in your morning, late Thank in you. our evening. And but it's yep. great to talk to our Australian friends as always. So Perfect. thank you very much, Elle. And for everybody uh, listening and watching, uh, just remember you can go to activeops.com to our resource center and see other podcasts, and you can also get data on our, our reports, uh, anything that you need for us. And we we also have just published a recent study about how to manage through a recession. So be sure to download that. And we look forward to talking to you the next time. Thank you very much. Have a great day.